the Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Learn more at SuccessfulMarriages.org. And here are your hosts, the doctor and the missus, Marissa Q. Payne and Dr. James Payne. Welcome back to Life, Love, and Leadership with Dr. James and Marissa Q. Payne. I am Marissa Q. Payne. And I'm Dr. James Payne, and I'm super excited to have you back with us for another exciting episode of Life, Love, and Leadership. It's always really fascinating to see what's going to happen. Mm. I'm in. I'm like intrigued. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you're part of controlling what happens. So I know what I think our listeners don't realize is that we don't necessarily talk a lot about what's about to happen. This so is true. This we've is true. talked very, very little, like littler than normal today so (laughs) yes yes i'm feeling a little anxious about today so we are gonna find out together but we we're gonna make it happen so um hang on to your hats ladies and gentlemen welcome if this is your first time listening a word of advice you will need a notebook for this podcast because even though we don't know what's gonna happen Something usually happens. <laughs> Something usually happens worth writing down. And we give homework, work you can do to build your home. Yes. So tips, tools, resources, nuggets um, that are useful in life, love, and leadership. So grab a pen or hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss an episode. And uh, let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's the big idea today? So today's big idea, we're going to be talking about five things to guard against when you're working to grow and develop your personal maturity mm. in your relationship. Mm. Uh, you know, everybody is trying to ideally uh, present the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are some things that can unintentionally get in the way and inhibit progress if you don't really guard against these five things. So we're going to kind of unpack that today. So we're going to talk about growing up. We're going to talk about growing up being mature uh, and just hint it has nothing to do with how old you are but how you respond to things so wow yeah 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 so we're gonna get into that today going deep today we're gonna yeah we're gonna do a little bit today we're gonna do a little bit today Uh, but before we get into that as always I gotta know what's going on on your mind today Uh, what's going on in that pretty little head of yours so I'm actually going to do a little um, double dipping, I think. Okay. So some feedback we've gotten from listeners. So this is kind of like what's in the mail and what's on my mind, mm. a little um, social scrolling. And uh, it prob- this is something that'll probably come up every podcast season. It's mm. around gender roles. Mm. But a listener asked um, us to kind of chat a little bit about how we feel about traditional gender roles in relationships. And then I was um, chatting in social spaces and um, one of my um, friends, Facebook friends, was talking about um, how she was offended meeting someone, uh, a guy, Mm -hmm. and he asked her if she cooked Mm. In like, you know, the first encounter Mm. and that offended her. Okay. Like she was going in. And this was a date encounter. Yes. It was kind of a, you know, test in the water where we might be interested in each other kind of thing. Yes. Mm. And she was offended by that. She was offended. (laughs) She was just like, 
I don't know. Do you take out the garbage? Kind of, you know, like she, for her, that was offensive. So I thought that that was pretty closely aligned with the listener that said, mm. where are y'all on the gender, traditional gender role thing? So, you know, it's funny because, um, and I, I told her, I was like, I'm definitely going to put this on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I... I think that I'm not offended. I don't think I would be offended if somebody asked me I could cook, like mm-hmm. if I can cook. You know, I think it's so I think that um, I'm I'm like wrestling for words here, mm. you know, because I feel like I'm walking into a landmine, you know, <laughs> no, I and I don't know why. Like, so I think my short answer is I'm not offended. Um, and I think it's an innocent question. I think it depends on your background, your socialization mm. and your previous relationship experience and all of that. I think we put and I, I think why I'm pausing is because I think this will get into kind of, you know, our our own dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we can get offended by the simplest of things depending on our background Mm. and stuff, right? Different things are triggers for us Mm -hmm. for different reasons. And so I can ask you a simple question and you can take it all kinds of ways. Like it can be the same question. I can ask you today at one and it just be no big deal. And I can say the same question at 10 and you be completely offended by it. Well, I, I think that's uh, that's germane across the board uh, for folks. So you, you can have, based on history, uh, what's known as an embedded response. Uh, and so it's just kind of involuntary response that, you know, cognitively, this is how your brain responds to uh, this activity or this this happening. Um, so that's that's very possible mm. in, in how it shows up. Uh, and that response is tied to something uh, in your past. Mm-hmm. Um, that and and so when you you know when that shows up you that response is automatic you don't even have to think about it it's intuitive uh, you immediately go into that particular uh, response it, it, it's it's correlated in some degree to I think the fight and flight uh, type of uh, dynamic yeah so it's like I mean in general can you cook is a pretty innocent question. It's a very innocent question. Um, and, and so I'm so curious to try to understand why this would have caused uh, an offense because, like, I don't get it. Uh, oh, interesting. I mean, I could tell you what's, what, I mean, like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, if, if, they're, on, if they're on a date, uh, and this is what I'm understanding, they're on a date, uh, they're getting to know each other, uh, asking questions about uh, each other. And well, this was like a first question. Oh, okay. So that's the thing. Like, it's like, hey, I'm Michelle. You're Michael. Mm-hmm. You know, um, tell me a little bit about yourself. And then can you cook? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it's not the best first question. Right. Uh, to ask, but I don't really, uh, it doesn't cause me any heartburn. Yeah. So, you know, I think that, and that's why I say it's like, uh, you know, so on the one hand, it's like, oh, can you cook? Can mm. you skate? Can you bowl? Can you golf? You know, it's in yeah. that vein, quote unquote, innocent. And when you think about traditional gender roles, it's mm. like, 
Uh, why do you ask? I you see. Know? And, and so the leap then that she may be making. Assumption. Yeah. She's, mm-hmm. she's making a leap, potentially an assumption that uh, the question is rooted in an expectation. Correct. That the value you'll create in this relationship is behind the stove. Right. And I think that that's, that's where the communication breakdown happens almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Right. So rather than receive it in its innocence Mm -hmm. and go into a place of curiosity, you make assumptions and instead of um, assuming positive intent Mm -hmm. or informing your curiosity, you know, you can just jump right on it and go into, you know, offense. Yeah. And I, I definitely think all communication works through, we all have filters that when we receive information, uh, it goes through our filters and we process it a certain way. Yeah. Uh, and so we have to be intentional to recognize how our filters can color certain things mm-hmm. and, and be on guard to say, OK, this may be an innocent uh, request. Let's get to the third or fourth layer of that. <laughs> that yeah, it may be or it may not be like there might be cause for concern. It's like it's a red flag or orange flag, yellow flag, you know, whatever. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that's an interesting question. Why do you ask? You know, mm-hmm. and then now you ask. Asking a question, answering a question with a question. Like, we just off to a bad start. Yeah, yeah, which I was going to say, yeah, don't answer a question with a question. I know, so it's just like, it's off, you know. However, you know, like I said, she could say, oh, you know, why do you ask? Would you be offended by that? So you would be offended if she came back with a question. Well, so I don't know if offended is the right word. It would be less than ideal. Mm -hmm. uh, Because as you know, in our relationship, it's a pet peeve of mine. Uh, if I ask a question, <laughs> I'm seeking an answer. I don't want a return question prior to getting my answer. So it's like, answer my question, then you can have a follow-up So what question. do I do if I don't like your question? <laughs> what do you do if you don't like my question? Yikes. Well, you could do express... Do I just say I don't like your question? Tell me more about why you're asking? Yeah, so you, you, you could say that, and then we could probably just say, ask for the check and leave. <laughs> See what I'm saying? So then there's no dialogue happening. (laughs) Okay, maybe that's a bit abrupt. But this is this is like this is a thing. This is a thing out there. Um, so I don't know if we're maybe we can come back to it because I'm past my what's on my mind time, but like I'm thinking about the um, listeners part of the question about Mm -hmm. how we feel about traditional gender roles in that. Um I think we're a hybrid Mm -hmm. is what I would say. I almost feel like I'm a little hypocritical, to be honest. Like, I like traditional gender roles when they serve me. As they serve you, yes. I'm just... Hold on, where do do I rubber stamp this? (laughs) Signed, sealed, delivered, the truth. That is absolute fact. You like gender roles when they serve you. When they don't, you like, you know what? Am I alone in that? Uh... I would say probably so. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't self-identify that way. If it's something you see me as, do tell. But I don't self-identify that way. So you're saying I, you, you don't like traditional gender roles I'm open the to, way it serves you? Is that what you're saying? Because, baby, I'm, wait, I'm open to the I'm reality to pull up the chair that, on it, that it could be a blind spot. I'm open <laughs> to that reality. Uh, it could be a scotoma. Yes. So what do you see as... 
do you benefit you? I know you see yourself giving okay. me traditional gender roles, yeah, but you don't see yourself definitely. as a recipient. Well, uh, to some degree, yeah, there is expectation. So we talk about our you know gender roles uh, quite a bit uh, before, and there is expectation when there is a traditional family meal. Christmas, Thanksgiving, that sort of stuff that you take ownership of producing that. Um, that so we have that common understanding. Uh, but I think for the most part, uh, our day to day lives don't really bleed into a lot of demand for you from gender roles. See what I'm talking about? I mean, it, it, it th- happens so naturally that you take it for and granted. And that's, that's very possible. That's very. Hey, I'm raising my hand. That could be true. Because um, I think it starts with, quote unquote, cooking and cleaning, which we know I don't do. Neither. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But do you literally think that you would be happy in our relationship if you didn't weren't the recipient of some additional benefits? Well, I mean, you you have to know your personnel. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, I recognize uh, and and we went through a process of me trying to convert you into my mom and that sort of thing. Uh, and I recognize you, 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 the light and gifting that you bring to our house and our relationship is different than uh, traditional uh, cooking, cleaning and, you know, that sort of thing. Doesn't doesn't say that you're not a great homemaker or that you you don't, you know, take great detail and organize in our family and that sort of thing. You do wonderful with all that. Uh, but I think your language, it's a hybrid is probably uh, probably good language. So I'm I'm gonna say hybrid and I'm gonna tap hybrid and then I'm gonna back out of this situation. You should do that. <laughs> <laughs> You should do that. We we could continue this conversation on Thursday. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's on your mind? <laughs> <laughs> so what's on my mind this week um, is stewardship. Uh, stewardship. And, and stewardship. <laughs> so uh, fancy. What it means to be a responsible steward. So I've been uh, doing a lot of reading, uh, and I ran across this book that I was reading. Uh, it's called The Theory of the Leisure Class, and... There's a quote in this particular book that really caught my attention that I wanted to share uh, with the listeners. Uh, It said, basically, spending never ends, but the joy of it does. So what that says, spending never ends, but the joy of spending does. So Mm. we're never fulfilled. Mm. We're, we're, we're never fulfilled. Uh, no matter what we buy, no matter what we do, uh, we're never fulfilled. And just looking at, at it from a stewardship standpoint, I think as we have grown and matured and, and God has blessed us to be stewards of greater uh, resources and things of that nature, uh, we have an opportunity um, to do things and make different kind of decisions, but having the judgment, foresight, uh, and stewardship not to do what you're capable of doing, I think speaks a lot to maturity. And so just kind of processing uh, that from a stewardship standpoint, it made one second comment uh, that made me think and really process from a stewardship lens where it talked about uh, anything uh, outside of a home uh, that you need to finance in your lifestyle is a tail sign that you can't afford it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so just kind of reframing how we think about our resources, how we think about being stewards over our resources uh, and just really processing uh, how to strengthen our stewardship uh, over what God has given us trust to care about. So that's kind of what's been on my mind, just reading, thinking, planning and processing stewardship. So does that mean you're going to start spending less 
Uh, it means I'm going to definitely start being, uh, and I've already, I think, to some degree, started being more thoughtful about spending. So, you know, just because I can uh, afford to go today and buy the car I want and like doesn't make it the best financial decision for those particular resources when there's an opportunity uh, to maybe dump that money in, in the market uh, for a stock split or some real estate investment or other things that are more aligned with uh, our goals. And so I think uh, I'll definitely be more thoughtful for sure. That's so interesting. Yeah. I actually just had this conversation with um, my life coach this week. Mm. Because I was wrestling, it's a different uh, vantage point, but mm -hmm. I was wrestling with, um, so I'm a social worker, mm -hmm. which means um, I, not to say I don't spend, I spend as well, sure. um, but I also give yeah. a lot, um, you know, financially, but also give in time mm -hmm. and giving in time costs me quite a bit, mm. Um you know, because if you have a need and I can fill it, I'm pretty much going to do it. Mm. But that costs me. Yeah. Um, it can lead to overwhelm yeah. for me um, because I, you know, whoever I encounter, if you have a need and I can fill it, I'm going to fill it. And that's not always good business sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so what I discovered was I have to say no to sometimes things that aren't um, good business sense, even when I can meet the need. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard for me um, yeah. based on how I'm wired. Yeah, uh, I think you have a, a pretty generous spirit. Yeah. Uh, but I think coming to the realization that you're a limited resource. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the, the time that you invest in one activity, you're always making a decision. Uh, and so time you invest in one activity means it takes away from something else that you could do. So you're always having to be real critical about deciding what you're going to invest your life and time in. Yeah. And the way I um, made peace with it was, you know, I was like, I can't say no to something because of the money. Like, I just can't do that. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't about saying no because of the money. It was saying yes to me, mm. my family and my future. Wow. 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 And uh, so I think that that meets the stewardship yeah. uh, model that you're talking about. Absolutely. So that happened. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, that's what's on my mind. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. All right. So for this week's fight of the week, uh, I want to get into what I will term uh, Angry Chew Part 2. Oh, Lord. Yes. Angry Chew Part 2. Um, recently, we were at a restaurant and um, it, it went left. Like we, we pulled up and we were trying to engage a conversation. And to be completely frank with you, I don't even remember exactly what we were talking about. I can tell you. I know. <laughs> the, the memory of an elephant right here. Uh, <laughs> but it went left and um, we spent the entire dinner just angry chewing. And um, by the time we got home, um, I, I think we were able to kind of 
talk a little bit uh, and start the process, uh, although I can see in your face, we didn't make it all the way through, <laughs> but to start the process of healing and reconciliation uh, and working through it. Um, but yeah, yeah, just just angry chew uh, at one of my favorite steakhouses. That's the setup. <laughs> <laughs> that is the setup. So let me tell y'all what happened. <laughs> So simple. Um, Such a simple little thing. So we have an Amazon Prime business account. And when you place an order, there's an approval status. And um, so you told me that you had placed an order and, you know, I needed to approve it or what have you, which I had already done. It happens automatically, et cetera. You don't use it that often and whatever. So you were like, we need to take that approval off. Um, and I said, no. Um, and then I guess that offended you. That shut everything down. And so period. then you said it again and you were like, um, I don't I don't know exactly what you said, so I'm not going to mm. obviously redo it. Mm-hmm. And so you, you know, said it, restated it. And I was like, well, no, it's you know, it's a business account. And you said it's not a business account. It's on our it's on our personal card. And then you were just like, it doesn't feel good that you would tell me no for something that, um, you know, there's no reason for it, blah, 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 blah. And then that was pretty much a wrap from there. And. It was interesting because I knew, you know, I was trying to communicate to you that the account was a business account. Multiple of my team members have access to it. So I couldn't take the approval process off because I have to, you know, obviously see what's coming through, make sure, you know, people aren't abusing the account Mm -hmm. um, and that there are different credit cards in there. And so when you use it, you put it on the personal card. But, you know, it was, in fact, a business account, which I don't think you realize. But because you had heard me say no, you were pretty much Mm -hmm. offended. And, you know, now we can't, you know, talk. And I was just like, I was ready to go. And it was just a mess. Yeah. And so I stopped listening to you at the no. (laughs) Uh, Everything after no was like just garbled language, you know, from the peanuts, uh, just garbled language. Oh, good grief. Everything after that was garbled. And you were kind of mean in your language. And so I was like, I don't want to have this conversation anymore. And you were like, I want to talk about it now. And I was just like, wow. So, but you, you just, it was just bad. So then we didn't talk anymore the rest of dinner. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Until later. So we didn't talk anymore uh, at that point. And basically we get home and I express, hey, listen, I regret that we had. Um, oh, go ahead. I regret that we had uh, a challenging uh, dinner experience. Uh, and you had like this expectation of an apology. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't really think I did anything that warranted an apology. And so I believe in being Uh, If I tell you I'm sorry, I really mean it. And so I don't waste sorries just to move forward. Uh, I'll keep the tension in the air because I I want it to be authentic. And so if I don't think I've done anything worthy of an apology or that I've done that, then I'm not going to issue an apology. Uh, And I'm cool with sitting in that tension. Uh, and, uh, but I, but I will say this, I will say this, which is why I'm still rolling my eyes at you, but I will say this, (laughs) I will say this, um, 
I, I definitely <laughs> so so I can own the areas where I didn't achieve my best uh, my my best in, in that space. So I stopped listening at no. Uh, which is a which is a bad thing. And the reason I stopped listening that no uh, is because my ego says you don't you can't tell me no on this. Uh, and so no is not an acceptable response. So that's that's fair. That's honest. Uh, I didn't so listen. Can I, can I ask a question about that? Of course, you can ask a question. So you stopped listening mm-hmm. right there. So you stopped listening at no. Does that warrant an apology? Put it on a parking lot. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so I'm sorry. Did you answer my question? Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so I stopped listening to that. No, uh, I didn't listen to understand. I jumped to a conclusion and I had this whole conversation in my head about uh, what the no meant. Uh, we talked later uh, and you kind of explained uh, why you were transitioning uh, or I guess why uh, that was the way it, that you saw it. Uh, but I had that that complete conversation in my head. Uh, I got offended before I got information uh, and my pride wouldn't allow me to let it go. Oh, so, um, yeah. So maybe I owe you an apology. <laughs> I don't know. We'll. We'll, we'll, I'm sorry. Oh. Crowd goes wild. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Whew. I'm not going to that steak house with you anymore. <laughs> but I think what's important, though, so I, I will grant you the, the apology there, but I think what's important for me, language and framing is critical uh, for me because um, I, I think the abruptness of the no without framed context, uh, it, it could have been done better. You, you, you could have framed that better uh, in my estimation. So do you see your, what, what are your opportunities here? What do you see as your opportunities? Oh, my goodness gracious. So this is live, y'all. We like having a whole real life conversation. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, honestly, I don't remember exactly how it happened. It's so interesting because we just talked about this, right? Like inserting the, the it was an innocent question that I gave an innocent answer to. So it was an open-ended question that I gave an open-ended answer to. But I think you have to be mindful of the fact that you're communicating with a human being that has thoughts, feelings, and emotions outside of your own. And so framing, so can we agree that how you frame anything is everything to how response happens? Can we agree on that? I, I want to know if the listeners are listening. I can't wait till Thursday this week because um, I kind of feel like you're taking your apology back. I'm not taking my apology back. I'm, sa- I'm, say- I'm saying I apologize in your favorite transitional word. And <laughs> I think there was opportunities t- for you to better frame how you engage that situation. Okay. Um, okay, fine. Sure. In hindsight, though. Knowing what we know now, I know that um, a blanket no feels hostile to you. Mm -hmm. And we'll always get a response. Sorry. 
that's not really my fault. That's more your issue than mine. However, but, I can help you with that, which I'm willing to do as your partner. But no, in and of itself is not wrong, I don't think. Framing is everything. But you asked me an open-ended question. You said, can I do this? And I said, no. That's a complete answer. No is a complete sentence, but if you want to have a healthy relationship, but I didn't know. I, How do I, you I didn't reframe. know. It was a landmine that I walked into that I wasn't so aware because I'm you, not in your head. So now that your cognition has That's been what elevated. I'm saying. Now in hindsight, but how do I know which no's work? Because you could ask me, do I want bacon? And I could say no. And you're not offended. Oh, Marissa, you I'm have, just saying. You have a master's degree. <laughs> you're able to, to understand context more clearly so than that. So here's what I think. I think just like you said, um, you don't like to give apologies when you don't mean it. I feel like what you're asking me to do is to give a, I understand when I don't fully understand yet. No, so what I'm asking. I'm, I'm sharing my perspective at the moment. But you took a breath. Oh, I took a breath. Jeez, I can't breathe. To I took a breath, but I hadn't finished my thought. Okay. And I, I, I'm I hoping you that you're you're here, you're listening to understand and not to respond at the moment. Yep. Okay. So what I'm saying is, I'm, like you, I'm hoping that you want me to actually understand and only be genuine. So it's not that I'm trying to be difficult. I really do want to understand. And right now, what I'm saying is... I do understand to some extent what you're saying. Hindsight is 2020. I feel like in the moment, I didn't have context. You don't need context. Anything that I'm still you ask me to get for, my thought out. that I say you're a blanket no to, you're going to need some additional you're context. You're not listening to understand. And you already know that. And so all of that is just gamesmanship to me. But okay. So I think that this, um, like I said, goes back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of how something simple like an Amazon order or a simple question, depending on context, can turn into something bigger. Um, so a yes or no question answered with a yes or no answer can become something bigger. Um, uh, and so I think it's live and living for us and we need to continue to dialogue about it, which we will continue to do and always do and continue to learn and grow together. We always say we are the first listeners of our podcast. And I think that this is um, a great example of that. A superb example. Um, and you're always growing and always learning new things, taking in new information and trying to uh, find better ways to to be the best version of yourself. And in I'm never going to that steakhouse with you again. <laughs> What's the big idea? What's the big idea? What's the big idea? What's, What's the, the big, big idea? <laughs> so for today's big idea, uh, I want to talk about five things to watch out for when you're working to grow your personal maturity uh, in your relationship. Now, obviously, uh, when all things being equal, uh, both partners are working to present the best version of themselves uh, in their relationship, which ties back into personal work that they need to do 
uh, to bring the best version of themselves. And so there are five different things that uh, I want to walk through and just kind of have some conversation about. The first of which is to watch out for becoming defensive when you should be taking responsibility. Uh, And this is kind of steeped in the idea uh, that maturity doesn't come with age, but with the acceptance of responsibility. Uh, What do you think about that? I agree. Uh, It's very easy to become defensive. Uh, I think we, you know, in our Friday of the Week, we just kind of talked about that. Um, I think we've talked about this before that, uh, is it defense or offense? It's the first act of war. Defense. Defense is the first act of war. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that that is a huge level of maturity Mm -hmm. is to be able to receive information, to receive feedback as data, you know, and not as an attack. And um, it's a growing thing. You know, I think the natural human response is to defend. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you talked about listening to understand versus listening to defend. Like that's like a skill that you have to really be conscious to develop. Like you have to be intentional about it Um, because you have to tell your brain it's not about me right now. Like I'm focusing on the other person and hearing so that I'm focusing on their experience. Like it's a selfless act. Um, And uh, it's not easy, but it's definitely critical in maturing. Yeah, definitely critical in maturing. Definitely not easy, uh, but definitely something I think both partners need to do. Uh, The second leg of that stool is to watch out for being too focused and well-versed in detailing your partner's faults and shortcoming. Instead, focus on the areas you need to improve uh, to show up as the best version of yourself. Uh, There's always this tendency to confess your partner's sins. Uh, And we do this, you know, in in counseling all the time, Uh, you know, confessing the partner's sins uh, to the neglect and acknowledgement of your own. Uh, And so it's so important not to become an expert expert in what's wrong with your partner, but to focus on what did I do in this situation that I could have made this better? Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the two go together um, because typically when you're defensive, you're talking about the other person. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're either, you know, you're naturally sort of saying what you did or didn't do, or you're talking about what the other person did or didn't do. Um, And neither of which are um, helpful. Um, They're harmful, um, actually. So absolutely. This is like this is tight, 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 tight stuff. Yes, (laughs) it is. Uncomfortable. I feel like I'm in like a um, squirming in your chair. Yeah. Like a tight jumpsuit. Like (laughs) uh, what do you call those old like. Suits. I can't think of the name of it. It'll come to me. Mm. But I'm I'm in one of those. You in one of those. Mm-hmm. Okay. The third leg of that stool is to watch out for how you air your grievances. Don't bring heat with your grievance. Uh, maturity demands being calm, thoughtful, and well reasoned in how you address issues and the timing in which you address them. Uh, all time frames are not created equal, uh, and so to the degree possible, you want to be thoughtful about when you bring it, how you bring it. Uh, and just really being thoughtful and, and mindful. Now, I, I get it. Stress makes people stupid. So when you get under a stressful situation and uh, like we just talked about in the fight of the week, uh, it, there can be a tendency for things to jump off the rails. But to the degree possible, 
work to uh, be thoughtful about how you air and bring grievances to your partner when you have a grievance with your partner. Um, the next leg of that stool is to watch out and avoid uh, catastrophizing, you know, just making oh more of the issue uh, than is truly there. Keep the issue in context. Don't take leaps. Uh, don't give it more energy than it deserves and try to keep everything within an appropriate boundary context. Sometimes we succeed at this. Sometimes we don't. But the, the message is to, when possible, work hard to achieve this. And then the last leg of that stool is to watch out for thinking your view of the issue is the only view of the issue. Validate your partner's thoughts and emotions, even if you can't go along with the argument. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 And amen. <laughs> uh, so those are the five things to watch out for when you're working to grow your personal maturity uh, in your relationship. And for homework this week, uh, we want to encourage you to spend time reflecting and evaluating the most recent conflict you may have had with your partner and only consider how a more mature and appropriate response from you could have led to a better outcome uh, mm. in that conflict with your partner. Isolate yourself. Don't confess their sins. Don't focus on them at all. What could you have done better to bring out a better outcome? Reflect on that and then have that discussion with your partner. That's really, really good. Like that is brilliant. <laughs> like to review an argument and only look at you mm -hmm. is like. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's the homework for this week. You've got mail. All right. So as I mentioned, we sort of double dipped with our question this week um, from the listener, which was, are men and women created equal? Should spouses stick to the traditional gender roles for a marriage to be successful? So we talked quite a bit about this when I did um, what's on my mind earlier. But um, generally speaking, we say goals, not roles. Right. So mm -hmm. some men are amazing chefs and. And um, some women, you know, can't can build you a house from the ground up. Right. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so we're definitely not about um, traditional roles in general. Um, you do what works for your partnership. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just important that you talk about it and you sort of agree on it. You know, we have a an assessment that we use for successful marriages that really goes through things that sometimes you don't even think about, you know, um, um, trash and um, I, of course I can't think of any of the items, but it's like a list of like thirty yeah. to forty, you trash, know, laundry things cooking. that it takes to you know make your household functional, make your household functional, and sort of who did it, you know, in in when you were growing up, who do you think should do it, who will do it, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, like I said, in our house, we're a bit hybrid and that has evolved and changed over time. I think when we were raising children, I definitely, you know, was a little more traditional um, in terms of, you know, traditional um, gender roles in terms of cooking and caring for the children and things like that. Um, and I think because of that, probably I'm a little more free spirited now. I earned I feel like I earned this this season in my life. But yes, we're absolutely equal. And I think it's goals, not roles. 
definitely goes not rolls. So with that, we're going to call it a show. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully we didn't stress you all out too bad. And um, as always, we try to use our life as a canvas for um, what real relationship looks like. Um, I think this maturity, um, you know, conversation fit nicely with our fight of the week. So if you know someone that needs to hear it, share it. And we will see you on Thursday with um, your homework. See you bye. See you bye. This is Life, Love, and Leadership. The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube to learn more about our guests, show notes, services, events, or to get involved, visit SuccessfulMarriages.org. Life, Love, and Leadership is another positive production of Rare Gem Productions. Thanks for listening.